Hello. And welcome to Seeking Health Podcast with Angelica and Josiah Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about trusting your heart. Trusting your heart? I, I think I mean, I trust my heart to keep me alive. <laughs> trusting your gut. Trusting, trusting your, your gut. intuition. Or like Glennon sure Doyle trust? talks about trusting your knowing. Your knowing. Your inner knowing. That sounds kind of like um, New Age evil, New Age devil, anti Christian. And how would you know that you're not possessed by demons? That's pretty much what I want to know. Right, because you're only supposed to trust your head. Yes. Well, you're only supposed to, no, not even yourself, don't trust because you're your evil. Head, you're evil as a person. You're bad, you're wicked, you're sinful. You're supposed to trust the church. Trust what the man tells you your head should believe. I think that's what yeah, you're supposed to Yeah, there you go. Trust what the man tells you you should believe. And the man is anyone over you in authority. Yes. Anyone outside of you. Yeah, that's. I think that we have biblical orthodoxy figured out here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it sounds weird to say it like this, but it's true. Yeah. They're like, I can look back on my life all the times that I did not listen to myself or trust myself because I was taught that we're, we're, we're wicked, we're not to be trusted. Like, what's that Bible verse? I, I forget. Like, like, the heart is deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So there you the go. church leaders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to pause this just for a second, because this might be the very first podcast you listen to. You might be like, what is going on? Um, if you listen to the podcast, Deconstructing Together... And the podcast, um, the bite model of authoritarian control, it might give you a bit of an idea where we're coming from. We are formerly kind of evangelical missionaries, and now we're trying to not kind of full on. Well, we were <laughs> we were full on we evangelical were the missionaries. missionaries top for many of the game, years. For many games, yeah, for many years. Grew up in fundamental circle, uh, religious abusive family, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I do believe that there is a healthy evangelicalism somewhere out there. And I don't don't know what I believe. Yeah. So anyways. (laughs) And we're happily married. And we're happily married. (laughs) Very, very happily. Um, But we're trying to figure this thing out. So we're a little bit tongue-in-cheek. A little bit pointing at the, the negative. But um, And approaching it slightly different circles. Me from a bit more of an agnostic place you more from a biblical place yeah or you view a biblical <laughs> so there we go we want to talk about the gut because this last yeah. year we have learned so much about so much. trusting yourself yeah your gut your heart your inner knowing and it has seemed so against everything we've been taught yes but what we've been taught has so much led us down the path of unhealth and ruin And if we didn't stop listening to that and all the voices and start listening to our gut, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And we really like where we are right now. It's an extremely, I mean, we're still in a journey. I wouldn't want to stay here for the rest of my life, but this is a a way better path than where we would be if we hadn't stopped to listen to our gut. Yeah. So our way before, I mean, we, we talked about the last few years as missionaries and some of the critical points of time where we made decisions mm-hmm. or we made decisions based on our head and yeah. based on our uh, mentors or 
mission leaders or church leaders, like people over us in authority and the people that we're supposed to seek counsel from and follow, and even a Christian counselor telling us, like, ask them what they think you should do and do that because you're burnt out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deep down, don't we do. Yourself. Don't trust yourself. That's yeah. really what they said in biblical language and coded it all pretty. Yeah. But so that's what we did because we believe that to be what we should do according to the Bible. And that led us to deep down like we look back we knew what we were supposed to do mm-hmm. we knew the big decision that we needed to do yeah and we did not listen to it because those over us said we shouldn't um and that led to depression burnout the debilitating anxiety um <laughs> like that, you know just speaking as as a good christian here like it it cost the kingdom a lot as well like we ended up taking a lot of ministry resources to go into a ministry that you know resources being our time also people's money also like we could have been doing something else that would have fit well if we had listened to our heart yeah and we might not even be at this place of deconstructing at this point maybe we could have found a wonderful ministry that we could have like who knows how it could have been we We ended up in an unhealthy place yeah we ended up in an unhealthy place because we weren't listening to our hearts. And this actually, like, it, it fits so well with what you're told. Like, how do you discern God's will? That's something that everybody asks. And the answer is always, well, you know... Seek counsel. Seek counsel. <laughs> like, you do, like, read your Bible, but then you're like, well, you know, you're a woman, or you're young, or you're you're under authority, or all these things. So you do ask somebody else. Yeah. When who is the number one person that's going to give account of their life before God, or who's who's going to have to live this life? Yes, it's you. Yes, and who is the person that is most in, like, even if you're young or if you're a woman or if you you know whatever, like this is you still have more information about this than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's so weird that we like for sure seek counsel for sure like there is a time to ask people for advice, but. It feels like the primary, like, it seems like the primary or the only advice is, sure, like, read your Bible and think about it, but mostly you got to listen to what somebody in authority says, and because we're in conservative circles, it's going to be a man that's probably 20 to 30 years older than you, um, that might not have a whole lot of information about your life. No. There's just so much that goes on in our inner selves Mm -hmm. that you can't really convey to someone else like we see life through our perspective our lens which our background feels like is what influences our lens you know that we view but someone else's lens is different so they can give you advice based on their own life but that's not necessarily what will fit your life yeah um I mean, I think about it when we were courting, like conservative version of dating, um, serious version of dating, I don't know, whatever. Um, And I'm supposed to let my dad decide if you're the right fit for me. I'm supposed to let my dad decide who I marry, basically. Um, And I just had such an inner struggle because he kept flip-flopping, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, about whether to approve you or not. Um, And I was like, but... But I feel like you're the right one for me, and I'm the one who's going to be living with you for, like, 50 years or whatever. (laughs) Like, Mm. that's a long time. Like, how can I live with a person my dad chooses? Yeah. He's not the one who has to live. Like, and then the person he kind of tried to steer me towards... Maybe it was someone that he wanted to live with. Like, (laughs) (laughs) But, like... You know, that is so true. 
Because I'm thinking of somebody else that he wanted for somebody, like for one of your sisters. And he got along so great and they yeah. had so many conversations. But like and that, it's like that's the perfect son in law for him because he can have I know, all this. But who has to live with this person? You know, it's yeah. the it's the girl. So like for a dad to pick the husband for his daughter, like that doesn't fit because he doesn't know the true inner yeah. heart and struggles of the daughter. Like you just can't. Like the person that lives with the person, like yeah. I Yeah, and I I remember I was still very uh, struggling between this pull at that time. And I remember someone um, telling me, well, you need to follow your heart. And I just really balked at that because Mm -hmm. I was like, I had never heard that. Like, follow your heart? Mm -hmm. No, you're supposed to think in your head and weigh out the pros and cons and see what your father which is your authority, even though I was a full-on adult in my 20s, says about this. and then someone's telling me to follow my heart. And I really had this struggle inside of me. I still took her advice to heart, but at the same time, it was a struggle to take it to heart, mm-hmm. like to accept it. Because it's like, yeah, this biblical teaching that we were taught or fundamental cir- teaching we were taught that you just listen to other to your advisors. Well, that's part of it is listen to authority. Another part of it is don't trust yourself. Like that yes. is explicitly yes. taught. Yeah. And like you had mentioned, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's quoted pretty often. A lot. A lot. It's really like... It's part of who you are. It's part of this gospel message of you're born in sin. That's Um, why you need Jesus. That's why you need Jesus. Uh, What is it? Psalm 51, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Like... You know, you're you're a sinner. Inside of you is sin. There's probably demons talking to you. Like, don't trust what's going on inside of you. You need to talk to somebody with spiritual authority. Yeah. Because Specifically listening to your heart means listening to the devil. It it pretty much is. I mean, if <laughs> you know, depending who you ask, at least they could they could easily imply that or state yeah. that. If if you think one thing and your authority thinks another, well, you're influenced by the devil. Yeah, like if I think... Or the flesh, You whatever. know, our dating, our courting, like, I felt like God wanted me to marry you. Like, I felt like that was the right decision. And 15 years down the road, I still agree. <laughs> but like, <laughs> at, but my dad did not think so. Yeah. So who was I supposed to listen? Like, my heart that I was taught was wicked? Or my dad that I was taught was... In between God and me and that not listening to my dad would be stepping out of his protection and opening myself up to darts from the devil mm-hmm. like it it's wow that was like dark time for me it was because it was very very deep deep hard struggled mm-hmm. in my mind um, and you can listen to the podcast on race and ATI to have part one and part two yeah <laughs> and like it and the purity culture one. Yeah. But yeah, so it it's really unfortunate that we teach people to listen to only to your head and to your authority instead of listening to your heart. Yeah. So we were talking about over our from our years of mission, seven years of mission, and how even a counselor told us to ask our advisors what they think we should do and then to do that. Because when we, were we were close to burnout, yeah. and that was their advice. Mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, what the heck was that? And how did we listen to it? Except we were trained to listen to that and to yeah. accept that. And so that's what we did. But like, 
we can look back now with more clarity and be like, we knew, and we had even talked about that this, what our decision should be, mm-hmm. but we felt like we couldn't trust ourselves because we weren't at our healthiest place, which is yeah. true. We were not at our healthiest place. That's why we place. were reaching out for help. That's why we were reaching out for help. And we did the opposite of what we knew we should do. Yeah. Um, and then a year and a half ago, recovered enough from debilitating anxiety that just decided like I need to take charge of I I know I don't know for yourself but for myself I just had this very strong urge like I need to take charge of my life I'm just floating I'm just mm-hmm. coasting and it's not working yeah and it's just getting worse in my mind like it mm-hmm. the the depression and the anxiety and I need to take charge of my life and that's a and that's the point where we decided to leave missions and to make decisions that didn't fit mm-hmm. the following your head and your heart is deceitful and wicked. Yeah. Like we followed our heart and came back home. Yeah. And here. it was the right thing. And it was the right thing. And since then, that has to, we've been following our heart, following our gut, following our intuition, following our inner knowing, <laughs> whatever you want to say it. And it has paid off over and over and over. And will it always pay off? Probably not. I mean, this times we'll probably make mistakes in the future listening to our gut. But at the same time, it pays off a lot more than not listening to it. Yeah. Um, there has been relationships we've cut off that actually has been proven to be right. Yeah. Later on, just by listening to our 100%. gut. 100%. There has been even like choosing to buy a house when we weren't planning to buy a house, but in our gut it was saying to, get, to do this, and it worked out really well. And... Mm-hmm job and like just little and big things and each time we've done that has been hard like has been so hard to do because it it's hard to make a big decision based on your intuition yeah but then has been so encouraging and when you can't explain it when you can't explain it and there's been a lot of those we haven't been able to explain to others but we've done it anyway this past Mm -hmm. year and then it actually boosts my self-esteem yeah to see that listening to my gut was the right thing you're not broken i'm not broken that's the thing like before this year i felt like i was a complete mess broken mess i could not and i've told you this before Mm -hmm. like i felt like i could not trust myself to make any decision because i was too broken yeah too emotionally broken which is like if somebody did that to you specifically we would call that gaslighting because that's what abusers do is break you down so you don't trust yourself so you have to trust somebody else that's totally where i was at and unfortunately sometimes fundamentalist religion kind of does that yeah it's like you can't trust yourself you have to trust the man in your life or the pastor or the bible or some teacher or something yeah don't listen to your gut so this year has been incredibly empowering for me Mm -hmm. to see how listening to my gut works and has paid off and I'm finding myself I'm finding a desire to live and I'm finding that I'm not so broken Mm -hmm. or I'm accepting my brokenness because I can still trust the inside part of me even if part of me is broken yeah that part is still strong and good and I need to give it attention Mm -hmm. and time and love and it's just so important yeah and it it goes against all the teachings I've ever received and I feel like it's it is creating some distance from like the religious establishment, kind of. Well, like we're not going to church right now, partially because of COVID, but partially. 
Well, it started because of COVID, but yeah. now it's not because of COVID. Um, but I feel like it's drawing us closer to one another. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it, it wouldn't have to. If only one of us was on this journey, it would cause sure. a lot of attention. But, but also it's drawing us a lot closer to God, yeah. I feel like. And I wow. feel like God... <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know, like, I know that you've, like, we're both kind of trying to figure things out. Like, what what is... What is the intellectual framework to put this in? Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like God's blessing is on us in a different, in a really powerful way. And I feel like, um, I feel personally closer to God and I feel like my beliefs are lining up with like, more like what Jesus cared about. And it's definitely way healthier because it feels healthier. we are wholesome beings. God yeah. made our gut. Yeah. God made our intuition, our inner knowing, but we've completely ignored, learned and he to... made us male and female. Yes. And we've learned to ignore that or to be like, oh, well, women are just emotional. Yeah. So, and I was taught that women are just emotional. So that's why you lean and rely on the men to make the final mm. decision on things. What the fuck? Like, it's so wrong because we need that balance. Yeah. And I look at like my parents that only listen to the head knowledge, never the gut. And it does not work. It yeah. is not healthy. You need the emotional part of the woman in a relationship to make it work. And the emotional part of the man. And the emotional part of the man, of course. Mm -hmm. And the intelligent part of the woman. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. Oh... So I want to get philosophical for a second. Okay. Because, um, I'll sit back and drink my coffee. <laughs> Just in philosophy, um, so the first two kind of main philosophers were uh, Plato and Aristotle. And Plato believed that there was this invisible spirit world of perfect truth. Okay? So they're out there, there's perfect truth. And if you think long and hard enough about it, you'll figure out what the truth is, and then all of the world will make sense. Okay, that was Plato's idea, looking up at the sky and, and thinking. Aristotle thought that the world itself, there, there is no perfect world of truth, but as we observe the world, we create truth in our own minds. So Plato was the father of rationalism, and he was great with math and things like that. Aristotle was the father of science. So there's kind of this tension that has always been in philosophy that then spills over into religion and all aspects of life do we look inside of ourselves inside of our brains to find truth or do we look out into nature to find truth this is the tension between rationalism and uh realism what is rational in our minds or what is real in the real world and i used to be a rationalist because pretty much everybody is we're in a very platonic world we're very much World focused or on North America. North American world. Yeah. yeah our, the West is very uh, based on Plato. Uh, there's a guy named, um, ah, what's his name? Descartes, Rene Descartes, that kind of brought this back two or three hundred years ago. But I'm realizing that actually realism is a lot better way to go, this scientific approach. And I might not have absolute truth in my mind, but as I look at the world, I can get better and better ideas this way of Aristotle. I think it's kind of coming back in philosophy. All that to say, here's a thought experiment. Uh, we used to have a sunflower up there. If you can look at that sunflower, you can't because it's not there, but <laughs> if there was a sunflower there, or this mug here, is this a circle on top here? Yes. Now, think in your mind of a perfect circle. Yes. Okay. Which circle is more perfect? <laughs> 
probably my mind probably in your mind right the, yeah the circle in your mind is going to be a perfect circle there's no dense there's no yeah, imperfections that's true. right yeah but a sunflower it's like well it's round but it's not quite a perfect circle right and that's just a way to illustrate like if you're only leaning on rationalism you can create this beautiful mind of like perfection hmm. And this is the problem with Platonism is you create these perfect worlds, these perfect categories of, you know, perfect circles, perfect squares, that's ge geometry. But then, you know, in theology, it's like, oh, well, we create all the perfect boxes, all the perfect categories. But then you go to the real world and you're like, well, that sunflower is not quite perfect. Yeah. You know? It's a really good example. And I feel like, like, I know that Platonism has really influenced the church. And in some sense, it's really helpful because it's like, okay, like, let's follow logic and let's be clear about what we're saying, right? So there is some helpfulness there. But then it's like, but we also need to be connected with real life. Yeah. And we need to recognize that, like, you can't just go off to seminary for, for 12 years and then come back and, and you're the person preaching because you have a doctorate. Right. But you've been in this bubble of education all this time and you haven't experienced real life. And then you're like, well, here's the perfect circle. And people are like, well, actually, my marriage doesn't look like that. Actually, my, right. you know, my gender doesn't fit that or my kid doesn't fit that or yeah. my sexuality, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's 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 where we're at, you know, as, as Western North American Christians is like, mm -hmm. follow your head. And it's very rationalistic. And I think that we need to also connect that to our gut and yeah. and other ways of knowing other than just like what is the perfect knowledge what's the perfect answer right. what's the perfect sermon what's the perfect book how am i going to figure everything out because life is not perfect it's you know life is a sunflower it's not a perfect circle well i was thinking of what you're saying about the shape and the perfect shapes and i think like perfect square and if you go to like we're doing house renovations right like you can cut a piece of wood to the perfect mm -hmm. angle and it won't fit <laughs> because the house even if it's brand new, yeah. may not be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so the shelf that you made perfect dimensions yes. <laughs> may not fit your perfect, your your area, the area that you're putting it in because, like, oh, the floor is slightly crooked or yeah. the ceiling or... So, like, that's real life. <laughs> it is real life. And I feel like theologians sometimes, pastors sometimes, we don't live in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, you focus so much on the... On the perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I share a lot on my Instagram called Angeska is my hashtag or whatever. Um, a lot of things on like spiritual abuse or emotional abuse or things like that. And and I really like finding book or quotes, memes on um, trusting your heart, trusting your gut. And I just wanted to share a few because I don't know. I like memes. It's like kind of mm -hmm. says a lot in a short. So it's like maybe... What you thought was the still small voice of the Holy Spirit was the wisdom of your body all along. It's not like, I don't know. I feel like if I would have read that when I was still hyper-religious, I might have been offended. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little like, bit offended, but okay. continue. And it's okay if you don't fully agree. <laughs> but I thought like, is that true sometimes mm -hmm. that like we just associate it to the Holy Spirit when like maybe it's just our wisdom of our body like yeah. our gut that's telling us to do something and it's we attribute it outside of us when yeah. really maybe we could take some of the attribution ourselves that like it's in our gut 
And that doesn't mean that, like, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit works. Maybe the Holy Spirit is our gut in a way. Yeah. You know, like, they might, it might not be cut and dry what this is, but I just thought, like, maybe I can take some of the credit and not just put it outwards. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to just always put it outwards, but take some of the credit for listening to my gut or... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would agree with, like, like I, I kind of struggle with that because I do believe that God is outside of us and I do believe that God communicates with us. But at the same time, like Brad Jerzak wrote a book called Can You Hear Me? And it was talking about listening prayer, like listening to the voice of God. And you pray and then you hear God speak back to you. And you can think that, like, that's a controversial subject. But in one blog post, he mentioned something like this, that sometimes it's hard to know what is the difference between your intuition and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then he said, you know what? As we're walking with God, sometimes it doesn't really matter yeah. which is which, you know. But and then he was very careful though to say like you don't like tell somebody else God told me, right? You say I think oh, God. That drives me nuts. <laughs> you know, I have this feeling or you know whatever. You need to be careful you don't pretend that you're a prophet and you're omniscient, right? But as far as trying to figure out your own life, I think there is a point where that line blurs a little bit, and I. It would make sense yeah. because, like, well, God created again, our God gut. created yeah. us to be wholesome beings, and that includes our gut. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, if we believe in it, then like the Holy Spirit is there to guide, right, mm-hmm. and to bring us closer to God, not closer to the person in charge of us that's closer to God, right? Because they might be a Pharisee that's against <laughs> God, like a wolf in sheep clothing. Yeah, you never know. There's a lot of that. Um, that's not that an accusation not... against anybody, but no, just in it's general, just... it could be. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah, I guess that's a whole other topic, but I think wolves are attracted to this kind of structure. For sure. Um, where they can be the authority just by having the title. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I kind of like this meme, this mm-hmm. quote, just because, like, however you twist it a little bit or, like, interpret it. It, it's important yeah and maybe it is the holy spirit maybe it is our gut maybe it's both yeah it is, you know like but it's there to guide us yeah the insides of you are not fighting against god no exactly yeah like they're not so horrible people from birth yeah like, like there is clearly selfishness and evil in all of us but it's not the primary thing and i think that 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 is a miscommunication like the bible says we're made in god's image that's our primary identity and yes, we, we have we have sin. We're fallen, but our primary, like we're like a picture that's been that's been broken or marred. But the original is made in God's image, hmm. and I think we've put flipped the emphasis to our our basis is but looking at the cracks instead of looking at the big picture. Yeah, huh? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Another meme I saw was the gut feelings are garden angels. Listen to them. Uh, I guess that kind of ties in a little bit to what we're talking about with Holy Spirit. But it's like, do we believe in garden angels? Like even in Christianity, it seems sometimes like, oh, God sends angels to protect you. Like we prayed that, like, oh, God, surround this car with garden angels. So, so like keep us safe on the road. (laughs) I mean, we sort of believe in garden angels. Yes. Um, well, there's one very vague verse about the guardian angels, and we we're great at using vague verses <laughs> for the way we want. <laughs> but Sounds like, good. Yeah, maybe that's our gut feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 
I was taking that not literally at first when I read it, and I was thinking like, yeah, like our gut is God's gift to us to keep us safe. Yeah. Because that is a whole nother thing. And we, we've we experienced that. So much. Like, I remember years ago we we read a um, we were following a lady who was writing a, as she was right. releasing her blog, her husband of like 40 years mm-hmm. was found and convicted to be a pedophile of on many, many, many counts. And yeah. he was a pastor and he, it was insane. And she was blogging through her processing. Mm-hmm. Um, her son, Jimmy Hinton, Hilton, Hilton, I think is a uh, really pre- prevalent, um, prominent prominent uh, speaker in Christian circles and churches for uh, sexual abuse and hmm. pedophiles and stuff. So, but like she was, she did not know 40 years and she did not know he was mm-hmm. a pedophile and predator. Um, but through reading and her blogs, this was like seven, eight years ago. It really, it was sort of the start of me trusting my gut in terms of like, if I don't feel comfortable with someone I'm not going to continue yeah. that friendship. I'm listening to your gut in terms of pedophiles. And you don't need to have to explain that rationally yeah. to someone. If you get a gut yeah. feeling, that can be enough. Especially it has for to safety. be enough. Yeah. It has to be enough. You have to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. And following about the time we were listen, reading those blogs, you and I, we invited someone from the church we went to back then. Um, many a few churches ago <laughs> and um we invited him and his new pregnant wife to our house mm-hmm. and we both had the weirdest gut feeling mm-hmm. about this guy and then and after that visit we were like we're done <laughs> we're not yeah. continuing any friendship here we're not inviting him again and he always like would find his way at our where we were to drop off our kids for Sunday school or, Mm -hmm. and we just like kind of learned to avoid him. We didn't want to be mean, but our, both our gut was just being like screaming, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Um, and we chose to listen to it. Yeah. We can look back. We don't know. I don't know where this guy is. I know he moved away. Um, we have no idea, but Mm -hmm. I do not regret listening to our gut. Um, for our kids sake. Yeah. So, and I think like in some ways, maybe that was the beginning of learning to follow our gut Yeah. because this was a huge story to read and follow. Um, and yeah. And the book we've read more recently is The Gift of Fear, yes. which is an excellent classic excellent. book. Excellent. And it starts off with um, a first person account of a woman who was, um, who was stalked by a serial rapist and killer. And she didn't listen to her gut. He was dressed nice. He was eloquent. And it walks through, you know, like he got into her apartment using, you know, smooth talk, smooth talk <laughs> and like, oh, come on, you're not going to, you know, I carried it all the way up here. Why don't you just let me put it on the table and all these sorts of things. Intellectually, it made sense, but her gut was saying no. Mm-hmm. But then where her gut came through, unfortunately, she did get get raped and it was a terrible experience. But then he got up and he said, just wait here for a second. And something in her gut said, he's going to kill me. And she got up behind him quietly as a ghost and just walked and went out the door, went across. And, and that's how she saved her life. And she found out later on that this was a serial murderer. And if it wasn't for that intuition, she would be dead. 
Yeah, she listened to it too late, but at least she listened to it. Yeah. And saved her life. Yeah. And he has count, like, he's a specialist in, uh, in these sorts of, um, like, helping in, in a security firm. And he's got all these stories about people that, you know, we train ourselves not to listen to our gut. Mm-hmm. But when people listen to their gut, well, there was the other story about the bomb. You remember that? Okay, well, there was another story. Where, oh, yes. Yes. Um, it was a, a public official, like a mayor or a governor or something. And he had received this uh, package. And every, he came into the office and everybody was standing around looking at this package. And it had like too much postage on it. It was taped kind of funny. It looked, it was just odd. And everybody was standing around looking at it and trying to figure out if they should open it, if they shouldn't open it. And they're like, this is just, something's weird about this. And one of the guys literally said, I'm going to go back to my office before the bomb blows up. And he turned around and left. And a few seconds later, boom, somebody tried to open it and it blew up. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't blame the guy because we all say things like that all the time, right? Yeah. Just intuitional say things without thinking about it. And in hindsight, like, oh, I knew all along. Yeah. But we train ourselves not to listen to our gut. Yeah, because it seemed too out there, too outlandish, yeah. too weird and crazy. But predators and bad people, um, they bank on that. Yeah. Like, nobody would accuse me of that because it's so ridiculous. Yes. Well, that's how this pastor, the story we're reading, this pastor married 40 years, has like seven, eight kids or something. That's how he got away with it. Like, yeah. he had a great outward persona. Um, nobody would have thought... They shouldn't let their teen daughters ride with him or mm-hmm. things like that. Like nobody would have thought of that of him. And when he came out, some people couldn't believe it. Yeah. And shunned his wife. Right. Or others. Like, but it's like, that's what they bank on. You're not trusting your gut. Yeah. So I think our, our gut is our guardian angel. Yeah. In the sense that God gave us equipment. And I think maybe secular scientists are are more helpful with this because they say look you know we evolved with these defense mechanisms and maybe that's the most helpful way to think of it is like you know it wasn't that long ago when a lion could have come in or the person shaking your hand could have been from a rival rival people group that could have killed you you know and and these defense mechanisms kept our ancestors alive for generations and now in this generation we just tell ourselves to not trust yourself and then that also leads young women especially to a position of vulnerability where they're yeah. not li- listening to their gut when a pastor or a person man or a man in authority um is a little bit creepy yeah and asks something creepy like do you want to take a ride home with me or something like that and so i think it's really important that we tell people to listen to their gut it keeps yeah. them safe even if there's no basis for it yeah. even if it doesn't make sense even if it will offend someone else mm-hmm. you still listen to your gut you mm-hmm. owe yourself to listen to your gut over not offending someone. Yeah. And and sometimes you just need to know what, what you know. And yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that kind of goes into the other meme that I had com- found is like, trust your intuition. You don't need to explain or justify your feelings to anyone. Just trust your own inner guidance. It knows best. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing like you don't need to explain or justify your feelings to anyone um, and I'm finding that true like sometimes well even when we made a decision to leave missions and to and to move like we had lots of people questioning which was fine but we couldn't really explain it I think it was a bit of a it was a gut thing yeah um, 
and we couldn't explain it or justify. It wouldn't have made sense, really, yeah. but it thousand percent was the right decision. Because yeah. not only can your gut, like in the gift of fear, it was talking about how our gut, like it's not really just our gut. It just we feel it in our gut. We feel attention yeah. in our gut, but we have this whole subconscious mind that he calls it like the most powerful supercomputer on the planet hmm. that is able to like if you go into a situation to read people's body language and their facial expressions right. and all these things and this Which is all happening subconsciously because yeah. you can't be conscious of it it would exhaust you <laughs> but like you're listening to your brain you're listening to all your senses you're listening to all what's going on and your gut also keeps track of kind of the the bigger story right, right? And then your gut can also protect you from a long, slow shipwreck. Yeah. And that's kind of where we were at. That's what was hard to explain. It's like, everything's okay, but... Right this minute. Right this minute. <laughs> you know, like, this is the time that we need to get out. Or yeah. else it, you know, it it wouldn't have been We good. really felt like we were heading for disaster. Yeah. Unless we made a change then, when things were still fine. Like, it... Mm -hmm. Something in our gut says that, and yeah. nobody can tell us otherwise because we can't know. We didn't stay. We didn't try it out. Yeah, we didn't. But our gut said, "Yeah, it was time." Yeah, it's like friend, like a friend, a coworker I had that owned a Tim Hortons, and they said, "You know, somebody else put a Tim Hortons up a block before us," and I knew then I should we should have just packed it up and left because they were one block closer to the university. But we didn't. We stayed. We had so much invested, and now we're bankrupt. Yeah, you know, and it was like. What were their dreams at that point? What was their yeah. gut saying? What was what you know? What was going on? Their gut was probably trying to get their attention. Yeah, but they weren't listening because it was just yeah. intellectually. Oh, it'll be too hard right now. When I talk with my counselor, sometimes like, oh, I just this happened, and now, like like this last week, okay, my mammogram results came back; they were positive, but I'm feeling so much anxiety. And he's like, okay, let's unpack that a little bit, like. Mm -hmm. Or like anger to another situation or something. It's like, what is your gut trying to say through this? And sometimes our gut is trying to say something and another action that needs to be taken. But other times, it's also just... Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, yeah, like you might feel a lot of anger about something, but the anger is not necessarily the problem. Sometimes it's your gut is trying to say something. Yeah. And um, you need to... To unpack the emotion, yeah. unpack the anger, unpack the anxiety, unpack, unpack it to see what's behind it. Mm -hmm. um, that is, that your gut may be trying to say something. Yeah. Especially when we've been used to shutting down and shoving down our That's gut so much. We need to learn to listen to it again and we need mm -hmm. to let it have a say again. We need yeah. to just bring it up again. Like just learn to listen to it again, learn to trust it again. And that starts in little ways, like just start a little bit here or a little bit there. And when it turns out well, then it gives you confidence to yeah. keep trusting your gut. And that has been a huge part of our journey this year. Yeah. And uh, part of my journey has been hypnotherapy. And I've got a podcast on Christians and counseling. You can listen to that. But hypnotherapy is this process where it's like you relax. You're not hypnotized, but you're relaxed and, and you kind of tell a story just and the hypnotherapist guides you through the story and as you just kind of say the first thing that comes to your mind it's a little bit like a Freudian slip in that sometimes when you're not rationally trying to control your thoughts but you just let them come then an inner truth will kind of yeah. manifest itself and 
I and it almost ends up taking a dreamlike quality and then you can kind of rewrite some of your inner or just find out what is going on inside. And as I started working with hypnotherapy and then journaling out my dreams, you now Christians have been really interested in dreams for a long time, but we tend to see them only as either from God or demons. When sometimes it's just like, what is, what is our inner wisdom trying to tell us? Yeah. Right? And I found that my dreams and my inner self kind of led me out of all of this, like out of the captivity I was in. And it was a tremendously freeing journey. And God was definitely part of it. But also, like, there is a deep wisdom that we have within us to know what is true and to know yeah. what is healthy and to know, like, now something is off here with this relationship, yeah. with this person, with this situation. Then you have a dream about a memory you have, and you're like, that was a really off, something was weird mm -hmm. about that. And then you can talk with somebody about it. And I've come to, I've come to kind of see my inner child as, like, a separate person. You know, I know that it's a fiction, like, it is me. But it's almost like my inner child tries to talk to me sometimes, but he has a hard time talking. He doesn't have words in the same way that my conscious mind has words. And so when my inner child wants to get my attention, sometimes he makes me sick or sometimes he uh, makes me really tired. Sometimes I have dreams. Sometimes I have persistent thoughts during the day. And if I just keep ignoring it, it gets worse. But if I take time to be attentive to it, oh, he's got something to say, you know. And I think that that the fundamentalist community just shuts it down, right? Demon possessed. You're demon possessed, or or else, um, you know, you're getting angry, right? That might be your inner child just saying like, "This is not okay," you know, yeah. and it's just anger. And so you just shut it down, and you just learn more and more coping mechanisms to shut down the anger instead of saying, "Okay, why am I angry?" Yeah, anger What's... is a symptom of something else. Anger tells you that something's wrong. Yes, and sometimes you do need to calm that anger, but mm -hmm. other times it's there to give you the energy to deal with a situation that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, and anxiety tells you that something is dangerous. Yeah, that was really hard for me to learn. Yeah. That my anxiety might have a purpose and it yeah. wasn't all evil. I felt like I have to shut it down all the time, but I can't shut it down. So, yeah. But it told us... Like, I really appreciate sometimes when my height, anxiety heightens and you're like, okay, what's going on? Like, what is there? Like, maybe there's something that needs to happen here mm -hmm. and change. It's like, whoa, that's, I can't do that on my own yet. Instead um, of saying, you're a woman, don't trust your feelings, trust my head. You're not which, trusting God enough, read yeah. your Bible more, pray more, and then you won't have anxiety. Yeah. Like, I didn't say that, but no, I think. It's what's communicated. I think that's what some people communicate. And I. Yeah. I think that intuition is such a, has been such a gift to us. It has saved us. It has been our guardian angel. It has, because I just I just continue on with life. You know, yeah. I'm just happy. I'm in the moment. I'm in you know doing all the things, and then you're like, you know, I don't feel safe, or I I have this this intuition that things aren't right, and then I'm like, okay, what do I need to pay attention to? Yeah, because you're more dialed in than I am, and I think that that plays out male female that generally women are more dialed. And that's in why I you can't put down one gender over yeah. another or one personality over another or head over heart mm -hmm. and i think that yeah it just makes us have better decisions yeah yeah so really this year we've learned a ton processed a ton but learning to trust our heart our our gut our inner knowing mm -hmm. <laughs> intuition is a huge part of that and yeah. i think it's important yeah yeah 
even something else that it has helped me with is just learning to be better at my job. Because one thing that, uh, like right now I'm driving a cement truck and it's very important to get the cement exactly the right consistency. If you add, if you don't add enough water, then the customer complains because it's a lot more work. But if you add too much water, then it's garbage. And so it's high stakes. Um, early on, I ruined a few loads because I added too much water, add a lot of stress. Some people at work can get a little bit overstressed, which gets me hyper-stressed because I'm sensitive to other people's feelings. And at a certain point, I stopped trying to make, like, worrying about, like, mentally, intellectually worrying about, like, is this too much? Is it not enough? Oh, no, I hope I don't mess it up again. And, oh, if I mess it up, then, you know, that'll be twice this week. And, you know, all these things mentally. And when I got a, a good load, I just did a little happy dance. I was like, oh, it looks so beautiful. It looks so, it's like a, a cake, you know, it's just so wonderful. And I kind of communicated to my gut. And mm -hmm. it's like, this is a happy time. You know, we're having fun right now. This is happy. Everybody's happy. And I just kept saying that to myself over and over. Like, that's happy, you know, until my gut, like I would just look, there's this pressure gauge that tells us approximately how much water we need, but it's like, it bounces all over the place. It's impossible mentally to read it. But I look at that for about five seconds and I say, I need 45 liters of water and it is perfect. It's exactly what I need. And rationally, I don't know how I can make that judgment. Yeah. But my gut looks at that and it's like, I want that happy moment, you know? Yeah. And then it's perfect every time if I just listen to my gut. Yeah. And I think that that's a superpower that I've kind of slowly come to learn. I think a lot of other people know it better, you know, maybe because they've been listening to Disney movies or whatever, like listen to your gut, listen to your mm -hmm. heart, you know, let it go, all these things. It's, it's not bad advice. No. We need to listen to our gut. Yeah. It's almost one of the most important things to listen to our yeah. gut. Yeah. That's why we did the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I don't know, did you have anything else to say? No. I think that wraps it up well. Yeah. Just... Listen to your heart. I was told that 17, 16 years ago, and it really stood out to me, and I still remember it. Yeah. Still talk about it because it challenged a inner core belief that I had been taught um, that wasn't correct, and it challenged mm. it. That's probably the first time that that was ever challenged. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're wise. Your heart is wise. Um, your body is wise. Just felt so broken last year and now learning to listen to our gut has been so empowering and not feeling broken anymore because yeah. it's like no matter how much I might struggle with anxiety at times my gut can still be trusted yeah and it puts you back together again right? yeah you're talking exactly. to someone yeah and this is a big topic but I just briefly want to mention like Jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things when they said heart that is ancient Jewish culture. That is not Greek culture. Mm. And this is why you can't have somebody that has no training in history, no training in culture, no training in language, being the only person that is exegeting scriptures. Because when we talk about heart versus head, today, in the year 2020, that is absolutely nothing like what they were talking about mm. in the ancient culture. Wow. And when they talk about whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool in Proverbs 28, 26, like the Jewish conception was there isn't the difference between a, a body and a mind. It's all the same thing. It's all one package. And this is where, again, we need good theology because the good theology I was reading in seminary was pushing us back to this Jewish way of see, seeing things and trying to combat this Gnostic and Greek idea of there's such a division between body and spirit. 
But I think on a popular level, and especially in a lot of fundamentalist churches, we explicitly read older stuff like Spurgeon and um, Jonathan Edwards and people like that that were like before this good theology hmm. because we like it like that. We don't like things to change. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think, heard about those preachers. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't hear about N.T. Wright or, no. um, yeah. I don't know, some of the more modern guys. Anyways, that's a big subject, but um, trust your heart. Trust your heart. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah.